0: This episode is powered by Poddex.
1: Boys and fangirls, welcome to our edition of Talking Pop, the podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, The franchise. Of course, joining me shortly will be Biko. Um, hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend. I know it was a time where you had to, you know, reflect and remember those who have served our country that, you know, gave up their lives to defend our freedoms. You know, um, there was a lot of, like, you know, Memorial Day services yesterday. And, you know, I know people that serve in the military, people I worked with um, as well. And, you know, a big shout-out to them. And, of course, they lost family members who also served in the military as well, you know. And that was kind of cool how a lot of cities were doing, like, memorials to them and stuff. Um, Especially in Illinois also as well. Um, Of course, you know, this weekend it was, like, all... I kind of like the first time I actually um, watched baseball. I know baseball was doing a lot of like, memorials as well. Um, so, like I said, today is going to be like a little bit of like, I would say, more pop-centric music podcast today. Um, some stuff I saw over the weekend and some crazy headlines that pretty much, you know, uh, kind of got my attention. Because it was kind of like a weird week last week going to the holiday. I uh, hope you guys were able to get barbecues and stuff as, you know... More and more places are starting to open up now. Vaccines becoming more and more prominent. And, you know, some states are slowly laxing, you know, their mask mandates. And um, I know Japan is still on that state emergency and stuff right now. And a lot of anime productions have been pushed back to, like, the fall that we're going to come this summer. So, because of the fact that the state emergency got increased by Japan, like June twentieth, and of course the Olympics are still supposedly still going as planned, even though um, you know there have been a lot of talks so far about postponing it again. But we'll see what happens. But I know um, I was watching a lot of like footballs and also soccer here in the West. Um, lot like the most I ever seen like sports wise this past weekend because, um, you know, took the weekend off. So I can, you know, take some time to wind from work and stuff and, you know, catch up on sports. I'm not much of a sports guy, but the sports I kind of follow it. passions like, you know, football or football or soccer, um, if you want to call it. Um, also, um, baseball as well. That's going on right now. Not much into basketball as I was before in the past. You know, grew up in Nice. I know we talked about the last dance last year. So um, I was into that at that time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like I said, and then catch up, you know, we had they had the Champions League this past weekend, which was very exciting. Um and of course I saw the Mexican national team take on Iceland and it was cool seeing that and getting into it as well because there's gonna be a lot of soccer coming up this month. As opposed with the new um the you know, we got the whatchamacallit, you, you got the Kankakov Nations League semifinals. Then you got Euro finally, you know Euro was supposed to be last year. And decided this year, and then you got um, Copa America, which is the uh, Cohen bowl, like the South American co- Confederation doing their tournament as well. Which I heard they were mostly putting, pulling some of the venues away from Brazil and stuff because I think Brazil and Argentina were having like poor, like really tough cases. No, it was, I think it was Brazil and Colombia were having a lot of like high cases for Riders, so they might have to move some venues around. Possibly having more like in Argentina and. You know, Ecuador and all that stuff and the other countries as well until, you know, because the cases are so high. And, of course, you have the Gold Cup that's coming out next month as well because, you know, right now it's June. We're going to July. And, of course, like the heat, guys, make sure you stay cool because, um, yeah, I got a little color on my back of my neck. So I got a little redness on my neck. So it's like, huh so I got a little color. I heard go out, but, eh. And also, too, I took some time on the weekend to catch up on some, some anime. And, of course, I, some anime that got taken off of Crunchyroll, that didn't get the liberty to finish because I decided to procrastinate when it's like the last minute to catch up, especially on um, Wagnaria, which is also known as Working. Um, that's the title, but, of course, we know it here in the U.S. is Wagnaria. It was one of the, the animes that was leaving Crunchyroll on the 28th. And, unfortunately, I couldn't get it finished. But for some reason, they ended up keeping the spin-off www.wagnaria for some reason they kept the spin off on there but the first of the three seasons I was able to finish the first season and barely started the second season until finally I could no longer access it on Crunchyroll so so I have to wait and see if Funimation will pick up the license I think that's what's going on is Crunchyroll is just letting the license expire and maybe Funimation will pick them up and hopefully we'll be able to stream it again soon because I tried to see if Amazon Prime Video had it and fortunately they don't have for this region so i have to wait and see when that show will be up again and stream again unless Crunchyroll decides we need a license or Funimation decides to pick it up now that, you know, they're still waiting on the whole Crunchyroll-Funimation merger, which, of course, is still being investigated to make sure there's no monopolization. Um, so that's on the back burner, but I did catch up on some animes that they finished album Akadama Drive this weekend and I actually really enjoyed it I think I gave it like a rating 8 on my animal list but I actually enjoyed the animation and the story and stuff I like how each episode was named after a film a western you know pretty much all our films like 7 you know you know The Shining it's like I it had all these like movie-esque titles for the episodes but it was really enjoyable so you guys definitely should check it out it's on Funimation Um, really enjoy the color of the story and all that send the post kind of like a cyberpunk style world and it got sad. It got sad. You know, it was like a sad, you know, ending. I don't want to give it to it. It's kind of sad. It's gonna make you cry. I would say, you know, um, definitely give it a look at. It. It's on Funimation. So I'm doing that, and of course, you know, keeping up with like the current animes that are out this season. Of course, My Hero Academia, Book No Hero, My Academia, um, catching up on the latest episode. Where finally we finally got to see. Um, give spoiler, guys. We just been a, a few days. Happy episode, so spoiler, guys. I do want to talk about it a little bit until Biko joins us. It's pretty much you're getting the franchise time here, and you know I'm the anime guy when it comes to this podcast. So this is a little, little bit of anime corner with the franchise. You want to give the take? So pretty much, um yeah. Going back to the episode, um, because I read the manga, guys, so I knew what was going to go into this episode. Like, after waiting almost like this is like the tenth episode, of the fifth season. And waiting for so long for Deku's team to finally take on Monoma and his priesty mouth. Like, I wish for him to shut up. And finally, uh, it was their time. It was their turn. And, of course, they have Shinzo on their team. Like I said, Shinzo had to, is try on both teams. So, hopefully, he'll his shot of droning, you know, transferring over into the hero program. Which is now he's on general studies. Um, and finally, seeing Deku finally, you know, step in. But, of course, remember, Deku's still, you know, experiencing... You know his power, all oh, one for all. He's experienced those flashbacks with the previous users. Um, it's it's affecting his powers because you know if if you're not aware, if you haven't read the manga, you know Deku was the eighth person to inherit one for all. Because if you remember, like going back to like what all my seventy passing the power. It's a power that's cultivated from one person to the next person, and it's passed down. And you, sometimes you can get retained, not only you know. Knowledge from the previous users, but apparently you can get their powers as well. So it got to the point where Deku felt calm after you know, when he had that nightmare or dream. To the point where, to the point, he ended up breaking a window in his dorm room, and you know, he thought he had his power on control and stuff. And now, when it came all this time after like nine or episodes, we finally get to the, you know, his turn, his team's turn, it's him, Ashido, uh, Mineta and. Uraka, it's their turn to take on, you know, well, no Shinzo, and the rest of the team. Um, it was their turn, so, finally, for the last battle between the training, you know, battle between Class 1A and Class 1B, you know, for bragging rights, basically. And, you know, that was the whole anticipation with all the episodes. Don't get me wrong. The episodes were great. Everyone got fleshed out. You know, when I read in the manga, of course, it, the pacing was faster in the manga a little bit. They didn't spend too much time with each team, but I like for the fact they kind of kind of like stretch it out as much as they can just to give like all the other you know classmates all the other students like some time which was really cool we just got to see some of their backstories a little bit as well and see how their powers in action with the other class because you see a lot of class a but it was cool seeing class b's coming in and you know there's some people becoming favorites and stuff now especially the mushroom girl as well um but now when we get to see this episode like i said this is like my kind of like my review of it. it's like just seeing finally deku finally stepping in you know, and then the whole thing about their plan is, you know, they're probably going to be gunning for him because he's probably going to be drawing the most attention. So they felt like Deku was going to go go ahead and scout ahead while, you know, the other three were going to, like, set up, like, traps to try to lure the other class member of, of the rival group that they're facing, uh, Monoma's team. And, of course, it ends up him and Monoa going at it. And, of course, Monoma has the power to copy other quirks. And, apparently, he ended up um, copying... Um, one of his classmates' powers was just she has the power for poacher guys as her quirk, where she can move um, inanimate objects that had to be equal to a person's weight. So then he ended up using that. But of course, we will know if you're not familiar, his quirk is he can copy a quirk based on the person he touches, but can only use that power for like five minutes. So he can't use two, two quirks at once. And they tried to throw him off guard with Shinzo, which Shinzo, his brainwashing quirk was if you remember what Shinzo's power is, um, he, he could pretty much you you respond to his voice. And they try to do it... When making Noraka scream... And of course... That didn't fall for it... And try to keep his mouth shut... Because at first... He thought Monoma had... You know... Shinso's power... But he finds out... He ends up getting... Nagi's power... Nagi's power... Where she... he starts moving stuff around... And then the other classmates... Like De- like Ashiro... Moraka um, and... Um, they end up, end up getting... Caught off guard by... You know... The other characters... Oh, I forgot her name... I have to look up the episode... I'm sorry guys... The other characters names... So like, guys, yeah, I like the other like this one girl like she has the quirk and um that she can make you know here we go I can pull through you from my anime, uh, from my MAS number talk about it more um and you get to see the other characters as well um especially um which let me see if they talk about it in here because this one girl that she has like it's funny because as soon as this girl comes out with her power says she she's kind of like um. She's kind of like Uraka almost because she was like the original prototype for Uraka because Uraka was supposed to have, like, if you guys haven't read, like, the early concept from My Hero Academia when um, Horikoshi was, like, making, like, the concept for the characters and saying, supposedly, like, um the girl who ends up having the power where she can, like, you know, make things, she can shrink things down and then enlarge them that she releases it. Um, she was supposed to be the prototype for the rocket until the was supposed to be the, like the Mount Lady prototype of course that all changed because if you watch the episode um, it was like both of them were doing the release and engage and they're putting their pumps together a certain way and um, they were doing that and with this it was like they're making she can make objects smaller big she can control the size of the objects she touches but it's only on living things not on living things and of course you see the memes going online like come on guys grow up See all the the means coming up like oh you see the one with the mean with the guys cheering because she can make things big or small and then of course the, the next screenshot was pretty much the guys looking disappointed which says only on non living things and of course the disappointment of it and of course that's like come on guys like this is like that's why I don't try to it's like I follow this like I'm part of this Facebook group come out here the official Facebook group at least they try to keep it in the Comedic sense, but at the same time, guys, you gotta like calm down with those memes and stuff because it's not not just us, like adults in that fan group. You're gonna have young kids who probably watch the show. who are not gonna get it, but like, come on, grow up a little bit, please. Um, yeah, it was funny with that. And of course, the memes started coming out with that. Of course, and then of course, um, all of a sudden Deku ends up this new power. It comes out of him, which is like this black streaks or I would say black forces come out of his arm and he can't control it to the point where my favorite waifu Uraka came in to step in to help Deku out to help him cross. So that's a foreign she ended up like um getting Shinzo to help out and like get him under brainwash to keep the power down of course it leads to you know Deku having another flashback or like in his um vestige, vestige you know this world where he ends up coming across one of the previous user's one for all of one for all who is called i think the hero is called mr mad max is his name and um he has to find out he ends up getting his power called that's his power black whip and he kept he gave the deck kind of like a tip like hey it's it works on anger but try to control your heart a little bit so that we get able to control it it's like you're gonna start he he gives him like a warning, saying. You're the 8th person... And you already uncovered 2 powers so far... There's going to be more powers to come... Even All Might was starting to get an idea of it... Because it kind of flashed back when... His previous master who had... One for all... all, all, all for, one for all... And how she had those nightmares from the previous years as well... Because like I said... It's a power that gets cultivated... From one user to the next... And kind of All Might kind of sympathize it... Because as soon as he saw that... Of course right immediately he saw Deku getting under control... You know, immediately he wanted to step in. You know, he had um, Izawa and um, Vlad was his name. Um, Try to step in, but of course everything calmed down after. You know, Uraka and her quick thinking, and of course he had that whole kind of like thing is also in the manga too, where Deku's like, "Uraka, like you okay? Look hurt?" And it's like, oh, "Oh, I'm like, it's like the whole tension." But then, of course, you know, she, you know, she has feelings for Deku, but of course she's trying to put them aside for now. Like she wants to focus on. Being a hero right now because, like I said, her dream is. Uh, if you remember, her dream was to work hard and see, and it, it kind of like I like her right back to like a flashback of Raka when she was little with her parents. How she see heroes or to say they but she's like, there's nobody to who's gonna help the heroes, you know, if they get into a tough spot as well. Because you see heroes stepping in to help the less fortunate, but you don't see you know who's gonna help the heroes, and I kind of give that point where. She decided to step in, you know, help Deku in the situation. Luckily, Shinzo was able to find a way to get Deku brain, you know, got him brainwashed. And of course, he has that little, you know, vision with uh, Mad Max, Mister Mad Max, and um, tell him one for all how he has to control his powers, control his heart, because eventually those other powers are going to manifest, and he has to be prepared, you know, how to use those powers carefully. And then, of course, you know, then we see the other characters, you know, Manana actually trying to hold on their own. And, of course, now it's leading up to now Deku has finally come down. Now it's, he's going to get ready to the point now he has to prepare himself to take on Shinzo or Monoma. So now everyone gets trapped in that corner. Now we see Deku and uh, Uraka pretty much, you know, Midoriya. Um, now they have to face down. So it kind of leaves the episode looking kind of like a cliffhanger because you have to see now what's going to happen well that could control that black whip it's like you know i read the manga so like i said i don't want to spoil it for you guys i read the manga because if you haven't seen the episode yet go ahead and get on you know crunch roll hulu um funimation to catch up on that episode it's episode 98 right now that's episode 10 over for the season but episode 98 we'll all definitely check it out and like i said pick up the manga as well if you're into like, my hero academia because like i said i got into the manga before the anime and like i said it's really good guys like They're doing a phenomenal job with the training arc, and I don't know how many more episodes are going to keep doing it, because it's supposed to be a 25-episode story of the season this year. So we'll see how far they're going to go, because it's it's a lot of stuff they're going to cover, so believe me, there's like more stuff to come soon. Um, Other than that, um, pretty much, you know, I might as well do the anime recommendations. Like I said, it's a little anime corner I've been, like, watching other animes as well, trying to brighten my horizons. Of course, so, um, happy Pride Month, everyone, um, in the community. Happy Pride Month. um, If you guys, I know there's a lot of, like, Yuri and Yaoi uh, anime out there. I might, you know, for Pride Month, maybe I will check out some Yuri or Yaoi anime. If you guys have any, you know, suggestions or recommendations, let me know. I, I, I will be checking them out and see how they are. Because, like I said, I'm trying to brighten my horizons when it comes to anime. And those are genres I kind of tread away from because, I don't know. Um, like I said, I'm just trying to catch up on everything. But like I said, if you guys have any suggestions, I know Yuri and I just use them I think there's one called Blooming to You that's a really going on Sentai Filmworks. Um, there's some other ones too that I might have to check out. But if you guys have any suggestions for Yuri or Yaoi anime that you guys want me to check out, let me know on Twitter at TheFanchise85 or at, talk, or at Pop Talking on the podcast on Twitter as well. But I do want to I give you one um, anime that I am watching. Um it's I'm gonna pull from my anime list here. So I've seen eight episodes of it. Um I think I caught up on it so far. It's called um I've been learning Japanese guys, so Samina <laughs> Okay. Um it's called Iji de Nade nakatoro san or Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nakatoro. Um it is done by let me see here Studio is done by Telecom Animation Films. Produced by King Records. It's currently airing right now. It aired on this in April. It's based on a manga. Um, the genre is comedy, romance, slice of life. Currently it's holding a 7.19 score on my anime list. Um, um, basically the whole synopsis is. Um, every day. Naoto. Haji is. Today relentlessly by Hayase Nakatoro, a first-year student he meets one day in the library working on his manga. After reading his story and seeing his awkward demeanor, she decides from that moment on to toy with him, even calling him senpai in lieu of using his real name. At first, Nakatoro's relentless antics, antics are more bothersome than anything, and leave him feeling embarrassed as he is forced to cater to her whims. However, as they spend more time together... A strange sort of friendship develops between them, and Naruto finds that life with Nagatoro can even be fun. But one thing's for sure: his days I'll never dull again. And what I like about this anime um, so far, it's like it, it's breaking out into different stories. You get three short stories in one episode. Because I'm thinking that's how the the manga is. And I don't know how the mangas break down because I read some like I read it like a manga kind of like that, and it was anime, but I always. I did, did, did like two of it called Nisikoi. But I read the the whole, um, I read the whole manga run. I had the whole manga run of Nisikoi, which is False love, which honestly, good manga, good um, slice of life, romantic comedy, you know, manga. And it had where the story, like it had like the general narrative, but it like diff- every chapter was like a different activity. As a case, was with this enemy with nakatura san um, it was like three different stories. In one episode, but it followed like the same narrative. Like she's teasing him, you know, she's making him nervous, giving him that awkward feeling, and you know, he gets you know, sweating and stuff. But at the same time, you could tell, even though he's annoyed by her, at the same time, he you know, he can't imagine himself not having her in his life. And of course, you know, she has her friends and they kind of tease him as well. But you could tell she's really protective of him and stuff, right? Possessive of him because she's willing to step in and help him out. But at the same time can help, like, Pokefun is at at a expense as well. So, like I said, definitely, um, check it out. It's currently airing on Crunchyroll. I don't think it's airing anywhere else. But Nisikoi, if you want to check that one out too, um, Nisikoi is also airing on Hulu. I believe that's also on Crunchyroll as well. So, um... Definitely check that one out. Like I said, I've like I said, I just been like catch up on anime and stuff. And, you know, go to different things and well. And, um, like I said, um, if you enter like, JRPGs or stuff like that, you can find mine on Twitch. I've been trying to play, like, anime-inspired, you know, JRPGs. Um, I know they, they announced a Demon Slayer. get to know y'all about Demon Slayer video game as well. It's been announced for, like, the PlayStation 4 PS5, I believe. I don't know if PS4 or PS5. I'm not too sure, but... Really good animes are coming out soon. And hopefully, like I said, Eden Zero. I just picked up the first volume of the manga, of course. Fortunately, it's currently airing on Netflix Japan. But we probably won't be able to see that until its run is finished. And we'll see get it in the fall. But at least it gives me plenty of time to catch up on the manga as well. But I just barely got the first volume. Because so I've been, like, you know, been, like, reading manga and trying to finish. I uh, just I'm, Right now I'm, like, halfway... I think I'm almost done with uh, the latest volume of My Hero Academia Vigilance... which I think they talked about in previous episodes, which is kinda like the which is kinda like the you know, the prequel to my hero academia. It's like a spin-off. It's in the same universe, but it's almost like a prequel to My Hero Academia, to the main story. And it's kinda cool because you get to see other characters that are in the main series. You know, you get to see them doing their their, their hero work, you know, at that time. You get to see Aizawa... before he became a teacher. Um, you see All Might for a little bit as well, but you get to see other other characters that you don't get to see, like other pro heroes and, you know, ones that you think probably will not be on their series. So hopefully they do, I think they do get, I think it is getting real popular and hopefully it does get animated. I would love to see that get animated because it's really good. Even Horikoshi loves it. Um, he does like these illustrations for congratulating the people. Because it's kind of cool because that's how it is when they, when the manga gets like... Like a mainstream... Like the main story manga gets so popular, you know... They want to do spinoffs, you know... They want to expand on that universe. I think for like Konosuba, they had like... You know, they had one with Megumi and her group. And you know, they had a spinoff like now with that. So, definitely something you need to look for. Like I said, like some animes are derived from mangas. And some are originals. They're just based on original works. Or just original works, so... I'm on that as well. And like I said, I got like that. I got Eden 0 been reading Demon Sl- um, Goblin Slayer. I gotta get back into that. I got the I, not at the latest volume, but I'm trying to keep up with that. Sao need to read those light novels as well. Um, been reading the manga adaptation of Persona Five, and a big Persona Five fan. Um, reading that as well. See how they're doing with the manga, manga adaptation, which is not bad. It's like their own interpretation of it a little bit. There's some callbacks in, in, within the game's story, but I like the fact that you know it's like that's like one interpretation. So I'm curious to see. What the manga picks, because I know in Persona Five, if you ever play it, or the the recent one Royale, which I would say that's the more definitive version of it, because you get more story and a couple of confidence you can expand on, and of course another romantic interest as well, um, as well. And I'm curious to see what the manga is going to have, you know, with the interest in mind. In this one, so far, I haven't seen any you know, leniency towards. I think for my playthrough. I'll Persona Five Royale. I think I went on route, of course. By everyone, comes seem like Makoto's the candidate because it makes sense because her sister saved Joker. So we'll see how that goes in the manga as well. And like I said, just keeping up on like on anime and stuff. And like, like I said, if you guys have any suggestions on like Yuri Yaoi anime to watch for Pride Month, let me know on Twitter. Tweet at me and you know let me know. Um, other than that, I'm trying to see what other animes I can recommend as well. Let me pull up my list here. See what other ones I am currently watching. But check out *Mijirande um, na san as well. Check that one out, especially um, if you're like into like slice of life and romantic comedies. You know, main character gets teased. on um, as well, I've been mean, like like I said, I, and then I started watching. Um, this is another manga I'm reading called *Fire Force* as well. Also no Is by the authors by the creator Soryu. Um, so that's a really good one. If you want, I can read the synopsis real quick. But I'm rewatching. I think I've rewatched the first season. I'm um, Crunchyroll, but I haven't seen the dub version. So I'm like, for me, if I've already seen this stuff, I like to go back and see how the dub is. Depending on how the actors are, because I kind of like I kinda follow certain actors. Like, Zeno Robinson did a really good job with um, My Hero Academia as Hawks. That's why he ended up winning the Anime Award for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for Best English Voice Actor. So, for this one, um, Inen... It's called Ine no Shobutai, or Fire Force. Um, basically, it is done by... love the theme song. Um, it's done by... The, the studio is by their Productions. It's based on a manga. I think I'm right now on Volume 9. So... Sorry about that. Holy
0: shit. Sorry, guys.
1: Sorry, guys. You got to see your resume ad. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, that was weird. Yeah, so going back to that. Sorry, guys. This is what happens when you open a browser and pretty much they all. I, this is the one thing I hate It's like when you open a page or something, they autoplay for the videos. Mm-hmm. It's like it's kind of annoying. I don't know if you guys are sick of that as well. But um, Mikko's joining us now. But let me finish off reading this because uh, I'm rewatching. Like I said, um, basically the synopsis is um, the genre is action, supernatural, and shonen. So right now it's curling at a uh, seven point six seven scores It's the first season. So I haven't watched the second season yet. Because I'm reading the manga, and I might have to collect the manga again. That's why I'm just like, that's what happens when if I pick up a manga and pretty much is like, and there's the anime out of it. I kind of like try to read the manga first, then get into the anime, just to see how much they adapted, how much they skipped the pace on it. Uh, for this one, it's um, the whole synopsis of Fire Forces: spontaneous human combustion, a kiddock phenomenon that has plagued humanity for years, randomly transforming ordinary people into flaming, violent creature, creatures known as infernals. While infernals make up the first generation accounts of human combustion, the second and third generations become known as pyrokinetics, people gifted with the ability to manipulate and control their flames, while remaining human. To combat the infernal threat and discover the cause, the Tokyo Armed Forces Fire Defense Agency and Holy Church of Seoul produce their answer, the Special Fire Force. Young and eager third generation pyrokinetic Shinra Kusukabe, nicknamed Devil's Prince. First, explosive ability to ignite his feet at will becomes a member of the lively special Fire Force Company 8. Upholding the brigade's duty to extinguish the blazing infernals and later, souls to rest, Shiran is determined to become a hero who will save the lives of those stranded by flame and terror. However, this is not the hero's game Shiran imagined. The fire force is a fracture mess of feudal brigades. Abnormal infernal sightings are increasing over Tokyo, and a shadowy group is claiming to have answers to the strange fire that has caused the death of Shiran's family 12 years ago. So many obstacles within and outside the Fire Force, she ran a fight to uncover the truth behind the burning mysteries that had kept them in the dark. So definitely check that out. That's Curly Airy on Funimation, I believe, it's on Funimation, Crunchyroll, and Hulu, if I'm believe. But definitely check out the that theme song is awesome. I enjoyed the opening for it. It's called "Inferno" by Miss Green Apple the band that did the first 14 episode for the theme, and then the second one for the rest of the season was done. Mayday, preaching... Rio from Crystal Lake by Cold Rain. So that's a good one. So definitely check it out. That's Fire Force. And also, don't tell to me, Miss Nakatoro. So, um... Now I got Pico here. I want to get his reactions on a couple of things. Because I was talking about, you know... Crunchyroll Formation and Mergers. And of course, this past weekend, another merger has happened. One that kind of like... I don't know if people saw it coming or not. And... one Because we know with the whole... Couple of weeks ago... When we talked about, you know water media merging with discovery networks mm-hmm. and now apparently um amazon has purchased had made agreement to purchase mgm studios in a big production deal and i just pulled up the article from cnn business and it says here "Does amazon is investing any more heavily in growing position in the entertainment world the company announced wednesday has made a deal with MGM, the home of, this is from last week, from James Bond and one of the most iconic movie studios in Hollywood. The deal is valued at $8.45 billion, giving Amazon an library of film intelligence shows that give used to fill out its Prime Video content coffers. MGM has a catalog of more than 4,000 films and 17,000 TV shows, according to Mike Hopkins, who heads Prime Video and Amazon Studios. And pretty much what he says is the real financial value behind this deal is a treasure trove IP and the depth catalog yeah. that we plan to reimagine. It developed together with MGM's talented team. It's very exciting and provides so many opportunities for high-quality storytelling. Like I said, it's like a whole about having that content and you know be able to compete with a, with Disney, WarnerMedia, Discovery, you know, and NBCUniversal. Mm-hmm. And now having James Bond, Wizard of Oz under that belt, and it's gonna be interesting. And. Then, I don't know they have. I know Tom and Jerry had some openings made with MGM, so I don't know how that would work. Because mm-hmm. I know Tom and Jerry falls in line with. I don't they fall under hand of a bear or MGM. I'm not sure. Because I know they did a lot. I think they did mostly the shorts for Tom and Jerry was under produced under the MGM umbrella. But yeah, that that was like one of the things where that got my attention. It was like, oh wow, really? But now they have Wizard. I say Wizard of Oz. And now the James Bond franchise having that yeah, IP,
0: is, which is even bigger because they're still, I mean, they're still developing stuff. So and 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 for them doing this for how long, so many years throughout the cent- throughout the decades. That I think with the people who at least for this particular example and particular IP, those are things that um, once I saw that at least that news kind of break out. Um, one initially I wasn't surprised. Uh, that they would go after MGM, considering, I mean, they've made, they've been a pretty big uh, motion picture studio for uh, almost two centuries now. So, like, it's it's hard for them to not go ahead and sign up with a Goliath like Amazon as far as them being a Goliath in so many industries now. So, for them to do that, uh, one, it's a smart business move. I think, not that it was inevitable, uh, but did it come out of left field? Uh, as far as going to the general public, sure, and people who pay attention to this uh, acquisitions and mergers, yes, it's a big deal. And like you mentioned before, it's it gives them t- uh, it shows that Amazon is looking forward to the future. As far as how they're seeing, and um, they're not going to be the only ones. And they, I think they recognize what Netflix does, and they're taking a piece about about what they have done in the past. It's like developing IP, the pretty much, yeah. Exactly, and it's not about. In their case, they take advantage of them not being, not having to necessarily develop this IP or pump money into it, Mm -hmm. but more or less do what a lot of Fortune five hundred companies, big conglomerates, big corporations do, and that is wait for you to do the work, have the the business foundation set up, show about a year or two of success. Proving success and proven sales numbers, whatever. And then what they do is instead of you becoming a competition, they go ahead and buy you out. Or you know, they they keep knocking on your doors twenty four seven, waiting for you to essentially buy out because they'll give you a price because they instead of instead of them waiting for you to become a threat, they rather you put out the fire. They rather use their extinguishers to put out the fire, which is essentially what they know is worked in their best interest. Mm-hmm and what scares them and Amazon being one of those fires that were able to grow as opposed to get extinguished I think this is a big deal in the sense that they're able to break out of that and not only see that Netflix has been doing this as a as a I want to say a key strategy of their business they're able to replicate that and I think it's important um as far as we go down the line and we see already it's been 20 years since streaming's become sort of more or less uh the Forefront of how we consume media uh, Whether it's through your Smartphone or whether it's through Apps that range across your video game Consoles, TV consoles Streaming sticks, your phone, whatever So Amazon's Just doing a, their diligence By trying to go ahead of that And uh, I think it's important as a, In a sense also in that Netflix is taking another shot in their Armor in the sense that it just makes them Less competitive as far as them having original titles from the past being on their platform and making them more or less having to rely on their original content as opposed to Amazon uh, peacock Paramount plus all these et cetera that are able to necessarily have that backing to buy these old IPS that are still more or less like a more or less have awareness in in people's Hearts and, and what they want to get Yeah, because
1: now with this, they get, like, when MGM, having his MGM deal, now they have access to, you know, the Rocky series with James a lot James of things. Bond, the hands-made tales. Yeah. The hands-made tales yeah. as well. A lot of IPs, and like I said, I mean, MGM at, at some point was struggling. I think that's probably why, you know, I think they were looking for investors. They were at that point of the clean-breaker see, because not a lot of stuff with MGM wasn't that going on so far. I mean, the only time I ever saw MGM was, you know... When they co-produced uh, The um, the Hobbit films Because mm-hmm. originally It was supposed to be An MGM only production And of course WarnerMedia came in And Stephanie like Hey we'll help, we'll help you finance it Because you know You guys are struggling Because they were struggling Financially And then of course Like I said Amazon trying to You know Because like I said They're trying to build enough You know They have successful IPs Like The Boys being successful Invincible being They got a lot of good Original programs Like the Marvelous Miss Maisel you know Fleabag you know you can name a few like I'll name a lot of it, especially invest into the Tom Clancy films as well into that IP as well and you know now having this MGM now they're developing the Lord of the Rings series as well now having the backing of MGM now it's like now you have James Bond but now you can actually probably do it like a James Bond series as well mm-hmm. now, it doesn't have to be filmed. it can be like you know a, a series on its own where you can expand upon that universe as well and you know, Wizard of Oz. maybe we'll see another like, you know, Rebuild Wizard of Oz or something like that, like for our new generation, you know and, and so many IPs and television and programming as well, like, MGN has done a lot of stuff, because they're one of the main, you know, entertainments in the back of the late 30s, you know, it's like and having this IP, and like I said, it kind of pulls them in their favor, and like I said it's all about being, you know, in competition with other entertainment conglomerates as well, so I see it more of a positive, you know, than a negative because we'll have to wait and see. Because like I said, every kind of merger has to go through regulations They to make sure it's all legit, you know. Everything, any, when it comes to any merger and stuff, it has to pass through the proper channels and make sure it goes through correctly. So, yeah. So, like I said, guys, you know, it's really interesting to see how, how that's going to affect, you know, going forward. But like I said... And one of the things they put out this article I pulled from CNN, um, the person who wrote it, his name was, um let me see, I can pull up the name. Frank Palota? Palota. Yeah. It was from last week, so. I said it was last week to you guys, but like I said, I'm talking about this week. But he said, so why would Amazon want James? And he says there are three words, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> so, yeah, having that IP, the kind of like drone, they probably get into it as well. And also access to all the library as well. And of course, I guess they're the only Apex TV network, as well. it looks like. It's under the MGM banner. Which one? Apex TV, I think it's called. Oh, shit. Okay. I think it's under the MGM banner. of course, uh, the Rocky series as well. The Access to Dead, uh, Robocop. Um, but yeah, having that access to the James Bond is like a big thing. So definitely interesting thing. So, like I said, one uh, thing um, I did pull out something was another thing that got. Really controversial last week and I don't know if you heard about this. Um You know how they're doing like they're doing the press tours for Fast and Furious Nine. Well John Cena got called I guess he was doing like promotional interviews for China and stuff. And apparently he got really I guess um what happened was he said something when he was doing promotion um apparently in the interview what they were promoting um was uh promoting like fast free Night. Apparently he got flagged from possibly the Chinese government by saying Taiwan is a country. And of course he had um I guess he had apologies as it says Cena Let me see if I can pull it up. Here we go. It was on the blaze. It says what happened was I pull up the articles from the article from the Blaze. Apparently, that's what happened was as John Cena W star turned actor was bash online Tuesday after he posted a video of Chinese social media apologizing Chinese social media network Sina Weibo apologized to Chinese people for referring to Taiwan as a country. And John delivered that Mia culpa Mandarin the official language of China it says here while promoting what happened was here is what they say I says we're promoting the release of Fast Fears and Nine or F Nine. This installment in Fast and Furious franchise, I've seen... Cena told Taiwanese broadcaster TVBS that Taiwan will be, Taiwan will be the first country to say Fast and Furious 9. And, of course, it ruffled a lot of fetters of the Chinese government saying that Taiwan is not a country. So now John Cena had to go back and pretty much go online and pretty much issue an apology saying that it's <laughs> not Taiwan is not a country, apparently. It's... I don't know what... I'm like... I haven't done geography in a long time, so it's, like, and that's pretty much what happened. and I mean, they're
0: in a big thing against um, And, of
1: China. course, you know, with the media, go, the, me, entertain media, they try so hard to get it, like, because that's, like, the market it is, you know, overseas market when it comes to entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, when it comes to trading and all that stuff, This, is, of course, China. And, of course, you know, China being, you know, still under communist rule. John Cena go ahead and let me see if I can pull up the apology here. His website keeps like crashing. Okay, and this is the video he put. He like I said, he did it on his uh on their media. Oh my God, what's up with this website? It keeps like freaking crashing. On it. I'm just trying to pull up the apology. I wonder if I could just go on the. Here we go.
0: Oh, so he has like an actual press like release.
1: No, he did an actual video apology. Let me see if I can pull it up here.
0: Wait, he's essentially... Because he said they were not a country? No,
1: he said... No, because he was promoting. Like, he was doing a press tour for Fast and Furious 9. And it was on a Taiwanese broadcaster. And supposedly what happened was... He said Taiwan would be the first country to see Fast and Furious 9. Right.
0: But Taiwan technically isn't a country. It is a country. It's just that China doesn't want to recognize it. China doesn't recognize it. Everyone in the world doesn't want to recognize it because China wants it. Because they've been doing it for years. So John, John, John Cena had to go, go back because China is a big market for the Fast and the Furious movies, and so he had to go back and said that it wasn't a country. So, so that's what he says. Yeah, okay. that's why he got backlash, right? because he was. So crazy. he had to apologize. Basically, he apologized.
1: Fuck. <laughs> so it says here that seems like, like this is what he says. He didn't, and he says here, I made a mistake. I must say, right now, it is so, 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 so important. I love and respect Chinese people. see mm-hmm. said to his 600,000 fans on his Chinese Weibo account. I guess he has a social media account in China. Mm-hmm. I'm very sorry for my mistakes. Sorry, sorry. I'm really sorry. You have to understand that I love and respect China and Chinese people. Since says here, China sees Taiwan as an integral part of its own territory and rejects any references to self-governed island as an independent state. And, of course, they say China is the world's biggest movie market over the weekend. The film, which had to be shown in the U.S., took at least about $135.6 in China alone, making one of the biggest movies for a Hollywood film since the coronavirus pandemic, like you said. Yeah. And pretty much, yeah, I think he did it in Mandarin, too, as well.
0: He did it in Mandarin?
1: Yeah, because he was overseas. I think he was doing work overseas. I think he was, like... He's like I said Cena's been gone from You know wrestling He's been getting into More into acting I think he was doing Some films in In China He's working I forgot I don't know what films He was working But I think when He did like a little Catch up on him He was doing like a lot of like He was learning like Because he was in China For like months Yeah And this is before I think before COVID and stuff And he was learning Mandarin and stuff And he was learning Some phrases and stuff And, and yeah, I guess he opened up A social media account Just to connect with fans over there And you know I guess that Their social media That's when he went To go and apologize And it says here, it says here in the same interview that that part of the next Stomach and will be filmed in China as well, because I guess they're going to have a deal to film the next Fast and Furious in China. And it says here, it says that Weibo news of Cena's apology manner has become one of the most discussed topics on Tuesday. The hashtag John C. apologizes in Chinese at the con- Taiwan the country has been viewed over 840,000 times, more than 10,000 commenters left and marks on his apology, bill, while some had expressed their understanding, others were not impressed. Um, one user said that uh, you are being evasive. You cannot smash Chinese pot while eat Chinese rice. Wrote Mu Rao Feng. Another person said, please say Taiwan is part of China. and matters said Taiwan Dai Shi. Others won't we won't accept it. The comment has generally more than 7,300 likes and over 1,000 follow-up comments. So, it looks like it's like a Philly split. But I wonder if I can pull the video up. I think I pulled it up. I don't know. If this is from. I don't know. If this is actual apologies, but let me see if I can play a little clip for you guys. It might be in Mandarin, so sorry, guys. It's a little ad. Huh. Look at now. He's actually doing a Mandarin. Look at
0: it. Uh, so in uh, one type uh, I have a uh, you I uh, uh, so, uh, a information. Uh, So uh, there information. Uh, I have a mistake.
1: 我必须说现在 So What I just read to you guys Was you know Translation of what he said And like I said So Big What do you think about the whole Him apologizing And stuff like Him being pressured I think he probably Was pressured by the
0: studio Right away Um Not only the studio Uh I'm 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 assuming Probably the government Government officials
1: Like government officials Probably the government
0: Most likely Uh Yeah because The people who Most likely are complaining about this Are the Chinese officials That are representing The Chinese government Who are pissed about that um, you don't have to go that far uh, even our own president which every president has been doing um, every time they talk about Taiwan and Chinese affairs they always do reference Taiwan as being um, like a territory they, they, they recognize it as a country they just can't say it because it pisses off China we can't piss off China because they make our stuff and so they can't they have to dance around that and it's just like it's basically saying like you, you have to... It's calling, um, you know, the wolf hiding behind sheep's clothing for what it is. They just can't say it because it's going to hurt their pockets. They both know. Because it hurts China, too. It hurts their pockets. Because I'm sure there's people um, who maybe have def- were able to defect from China to come from either side. You have the rest of the world watching to where it's like we all see it. And so, like, that hurts their economy, too. And it hurts ours. So... We see time and time again, and, and unfortunately, John Cena has fell to what the NBA athletes have fell into, to what the NBA itself has fallen to, to what the NFL has fallen into that they won't answer to, um, because it doesn't—if it doesn't affect us or England—they won't talk about it. But I'm sure they have them going overseas as well, and so we—it's not—it's more or less like the same old story, just a new coat of paint. Um, it's unfortunate that like. I'm over here. The real travesty is that these movies are still being made. That's the travesty, (laughs) not that we're still doing this. The fact that John Cena is already in this. We've got two wrestlers who are in this. Call it for what it is. Two actors from a different that are playing different roles. Because what's call for what it is? They're all actors. Now they're actors. They're all actors. No, they're all are. They all are. The Rock has always been an actor. He's just in Hollywood now. The John Cena's been an actor. He was both. He's just he's just got bigger roles now. Finally, he got into Fast and Furious. I and have no finally, problem with that. And plus, finally, he plays a bad guy. I, finally, I think that every wrestling fan will want sure. to see never got happened. Yeah. Seeing finally turns heel. Yeah, and it works, because I want to see, you know, who does want to do their thing. And and on part 2 I'm like, I don't hate that. Like, I, I, you know, it's it's just I laugh because there's new, new Fast and Furious profits we made. That's fine. Yeah. It gets people paid. They do their job, whatever. Um Content wise Not necessary But as far as It gets people Making money And working So I think It's supposed thing, to Like I think
1: With this This latest installment It's supposed to end don't Like the finally it. end uh, The supposed to Culminate the end Of that You know That trilogy um, The end of everything On earth Basically I don't know what, Like honestly With this film With this franchise what it is it's like What else can they go Can he go to space Or something that probably be The next thing But it's like It's just I think they just It's like calling back like try to tie up loose ends But yeah then you get John Cena Because apparently Toronto had a brother as well So it's kind of like the brother that was never discussed And now to me it's like Oh that's how they bring John Cena in He plays you know Vin Diesel's brother You know his strange brother Who I guess you know Defected from the family or something So now it's like they have to take care of that and like I said, I haven't seen the latest Fast and Furious. I think I left after I think the only one, the last no, one I saw.
0: Seven or not? Eight, eight, eight. Fast, Fast Seven, and then there's.
1: Three seven was the last one I saw because that's the one, that was the
0: last one with um they
1: used Paul Walker's. You know.
0: Yeah. The one they had to finish first twenty minutes, and then they like did the rest. The computer and his dad. And his well, and his
1: brothers though. His brothers stepped in to help out. That uh, you
0: yeah. see, it's still creepy. Like there's, it's whatever. And, and that's the thing. It's like. I want to respect the fact that they're still making movies, but, like, I feel like after his death and all that, even then, it's just, like, they should have stopped. I thought that they should have stopped like us at seven. And Britney said that they were bringing him back. Oh, yeah. A friend of ours, a friend of ours that we got to see over the weekend, uh, they mentioned that, I guess for this one, they're going to show some renderings of him still in the movie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying like it's just like like, what, uh,
1: like like the flag they did with the Mandalorian Where I don't know just but with me Mandalorian I think they used they actually used Mark Hamill's
0: Mark Hamill I think he did the voice But it more. wasn't him. But, but like, they, and the the idea, the like I don't the fact that they do it, I don't blame the the fact that they get paid money to do that. The fact that the idea is even thrown on the table and that, that has to be rendered and made mm-hmm. is stupid.
1: I, well, don't, I, mean, I, don't... I, I
0: mean, as long as i mean, as long as they got the blessings from his family, it, do- it doesn't
1: matter. I mean, as long as they got the permission, it's fine. I doubt that. No, they had to get permissions because honestly, they
0: they have to get permission. But like,
1: and then who would be surprised if me, were, used his brothers to
0: step in again? Right, but if I died, right, and say I was an actor, right, it's like James yeah. Dean. I would if I if James Dean was my brother, and right. I loved—I'm not even his brother, but I love James Dean. If he was. Holographically made and I have to see that movie Make money for other people Besides myself I get my check Whatever And I have to see my brother Is it sweet for five seconds? Sure But it's a disrespectful Yes mm-hmm. Because Make your money But that My brother's not here My brother doesn't get to see All this The, fru- the fruits of his labor That he put His likeness That's mm-hmm. making it And my mom has to learn Lift it. it's like, And then like These fake people Have to come Including those production houses That have to come Like oh your son Was just very loved And all that Like that's cute but it's like you know it's so disingenuous because they know they're about to get a check, so that's why I like I don't fault them. I fault the people who are sitting in that boardroom who are saying you know what's a better idea, is that let's go into space. But also let's not forget that Paul Walker is, is still very much a big part of this franchise. He hasn't been he's been dead for about five years now. But let's like, mm-hmm. that's that's what I don't like is that. It's the same thing we've done with Tupac The same thing we've done with all these people Is that like We Those those people who live through this lifestyle Never see the end of it Because They they live it throughout their lives mm-hmm. And then they come out and give us a blimp Of like hey it's not what it ought to be And then we're over here saying like oh well they have the money It's easy to say and I'm very much guilty of that and But it's true And, and you hold it with a grain of salt That it's like Think about it. We have nine movies into this. We've known this for about 20 years. I was fine after t- maybe one or two. And they're still so made. They're nicely made. Number three, okay. Different idea. To they, took yeah. th- they took a chance. But it was cool because it was still part of the car culture. Drifting is a big part of it. State yeah, cars especially is a big deal. Yeah. What is this shit now? It's now expanded like the, it's the transporter, the born identity. Then like the heist now like Fast Five oh. was like the heist and stuff now. All together. Like, it was like Ocean's it's... Eleven. Like like Fast
1: Five was like Ocean's Eleven but with cars. That's basically what Fast worse. Five was. It was Ocean's Eleven but with
0: cars. Just so with bad acting. But it's worse. And that's what sucks is that like
1: But like I said, it but you still had that fan base from all the films. That's what it is. You still had that I just think there's you still have that fan dumbies. base that that craves for it more. That's what it is.
0: I, no, I think it's just a lot of people who go and they are just like, oh, it's. They want to see it because it's made, made, and like, it's it's funny that they keep going.
1: I think it's nostalgia too. And like the, nostalgia. It's the same thing with
0: Final Destination. Yeah, hell yeah, Transformers. Transformers at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, The Goonies. If they make another Goonies, I'll probably see it. Even though I know it's gonna be trash, but I'll I know there've been talks
1: of the possibly. Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat just came out. I heard that yeah. the, there's possible like doing a Goonies, but now. Them as adults And having their kids Involved in the nah, adventure We're good I know Court Feldman Has been So I think they did, they did like A little like I think they did like A little Goonies thing You know how Last year During the pandemic They did these like Reunions for charity They were raising money And they had like A Goonies review Like I think it was Like Josh Gad Was doing like These reunions Where oh, they God. had
0: <laughs> the worst guy Sorry Oh guys. my I have no Why are you hating God. On Josh, Josh Kand, Kand, dude. Is You're gonna like not. Make
1: so many of his fans Like He's just
0: not talented You gotta poke at his He's fans not, like, I don't care <laughs> He's not funny He's just not He does terrible voices Frozen is a But you have to Make the effort career, He put in right? To
1: try to bring All these Like do these Like reunions For charity and stuff Which was like really cool They brought in Like they had The Goonies reunion Last year Um, I think one of Films they did too And then sure. That was cool Like last year When they had The Scott Pilgrim cast Come together like no, I'm talking like
0: 30 year old movies. I'm not talking about like 10. That's different. Like the Goonies, dude. Even when we were kids, that that was already reaching out to a thing, a fan base that's already way past our mm-hmm. dude. Yeah. So like I get it, but it's it's what they're looking for is something that I think the internet broke up that nostalgic train to because of the the lack of accessibility to different forms of entertainment. Not that we're bombarded with so much. The Nostalgia Train's only going to maybe one track that only goes about, we'll say, six blocks down the mm-hmm. way. As opposed to the internet, which is a bunch of railroads that lead to a bunch of different spots of the world that you'll never be able to get a ticket to because there's rides every five minutes. And there's just so many trains going, and you only can see so many stations. So it's just like... I But don't get me wrong, like the mainstream no. will still cater to it because that's where all the money... Or that's where all the resources are for now as far as, like, putting more awareness to it. It's just that, like, I hate that our creativity has to be sacrificed because of that almighty dollar as opposed to, like, actually telling realistic stories um, or experiences Mm -hmm. or actually trying something new as far as crazy ideas. I mean, people took a chance on the sponge. And for what it's worth, I'm not a fan of it, but I, I think... The fact that people get behind behind, behind those sponge that lives underwater, and seeing it as it being a big hit, right, I think, we'll get, like like okay. I don't like SpongeBob, but I appreciate the fact that like ideas like that. He speaks to like a certain community. No, not community. Just the, the the fact that ideas such as a underwater sponge who has a regular job as being a fry cook and loves it, or a hamburger cook who loves his craft, and he has a bunch of friends who shouldn't be down there, and it becomes this cultural iconic thing that's been used like we'll we'll get to it. in a little bit or the fact that like just little ideas like that like being well we'll get
1: to that let's touch base it's like those are
0: what like I like not necessarily the that we'll get to that that right now let's go ahead
1: and pause for an ad read real quick and then we'll get back and we'll discuss it let's let's pause for an ad break or Gaming Fighter Podcast. Simply shuffle up the cards, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com. Once again, that is poddex.com. And make sure to use the promo code TALKPOP, that's T-A-L-K-P-O-P, for 10% off your order. Yeah, like going back to the Spongebob thing, because I know you, you expressed it enough, was it last year? When we had like... Oh, my
0: whole a, life. I'm like... <laughs> I've, I like I could take a survey, of a bunch of people that like would talk about it and would tell me, and like they and it's like, flying now. With it's like beaming now. eyes that like this is the greatest thing they've ever seen in their life, and they tell me, and they want to relate, and I should relate, but I don't want, I don't care for it, and then they want to, and it's just like I can't. I really want to, but I just can't do it. And that's fine. But I can recognize the fact that, like, it's touched people's hearts. and it's... now to
1: the point now it's got two spinoffs now because it's got the Camp Corals now that's on Paramount+. I think, sure. it's on Paramount Plus, I think it is. It, it should. That's Which good. It's supposed to be like Spongebob when he's, like, uh, him in the game when they're, like, in kids. And now, apparently, Patrick Starr's got his own show now. The Patrick Star Show. Like and I read, read about it. It's, like, apparently it's, like, it's a prequel to... The Spongebob series. To the main series. So it's like... I think Patrick's still living with his folks and stuff. But Spongebob makes an appearance it, So I guess it's like... Before they went on their own and stuff. But I mean... You got all the actors are in there. It's supposed to be like 13 episodes. But it's going to be on Nickelodeon. I think for Paramount Plus. I think as well.
0: So... So for... Mar- okay. So... Now that you brought up Paramount Plus. Considering that they're going to put a... Well... I want to say... A majority of the content Nickelodeon has, which is helpful um, to their library, um, getting the kids market, obviously parents with kids because they're parents. (laughs) Um, Do you think that helps in a sense that they're going to be able to take a couple, like they're going to take a piece of the market that people consume, kids entertainment, not only through YouTube, but maybe Netflix Hulu, which I I think Hulu majority probably has a lot more of adult mm-hmm. cartoon or adult animation centric stuff. I, th- but like now, you, like do you notice that a lot of these other competitive platforms are gonna come taking little bits and pieces of Netflix and not gonna not necessarily saying Netflix would be irrelevant, but in the sense that like we're starting to see and their kingdom for lack of a better term, but like their their market hold. Like, their share of the market. Yeah, their yeah. empire on there, like, being the first ones out. Which, I'm saying this only because you can recognize this in all facets of different industries. Yeah. Um, I'm only thinking about crypto, but I don't want to go down that way. But in the sense that, like, it's comparable to Bitcoin in the sense that, like, Bitcoin was the first one coming out only to bring awareness to this new technology. Netflix with the same deal with there were multiple companies who had streaming services Uh, Mark Cuban being a shark in that sense that he brought uh, I think it was called Clear Channel which was one of the original streaming sites to be used and implemented and then it got bought off for millions billions which helped him get his wealth or help project like give him he he bestowed a lot right and this was in 1998 Mm -hmm. so like Netflix being to recognize that a lot of people were leaning towards that convenience of consuming stuff being sent to them. That convenience of things being brought to them. They capitalized on that. Like on demand, pretty so much. So now that they've... They will be, the, you know... Down the line, down the years, way ahead of us. History will be written about them as being innovators in that sense. Now, we're going to see that bubble get dropped off to where now they have to remain competitive. But... In the grand scheme of things, the more and more that are these, these nostalgic properties getting taken and more or less people being getting tossed around different platforms mm-hmm. once their contract is done, what's to say that Netflix might end up not being obsolete, but like do you see this becoming more or less like Nickelodeon getting their own thing? Like we saw, well, with Disney. Nickelodeon's under Paramount, so like, like, who's to say these two can't get their own? Eventually, eventually. I mean,
1: with Paramount Plus, because remember, it used to be called CBS All Access, but now they decided to put all all Paramount, all Viacom, CBS content under one umbrella. Um, I will say with Netflix, I mean, they're still going to survive. Netflix is going to be Netflix; it's, to the, it's to the reputation they built. Because remember, they were the innovators at first. There was just you know DVD million service. And then they were the first pioneers. I will say they are a pioneer of getting into streaming. Getting into streaming because, you know, we had to, like, you know, on am like, we had to go to, like, third-party sites. I mean, when it comes to, like, anime and stuff, it's like, Netflix didn't have much anime. It's like, I got to more X anime through Hulu at first. And then, you know, Viz Media had their own thing called, um, Neon Alley, which was their own streaming system. Of course, they ended up folding that and just, like, started putting their content on Hulu And then, of course, you know, Crunchyroll came along back in, like, 2005 when these guys from, like, the West Coast decided to bring in anime into the Western market. At first through, you know, fan-subbing and, you know, illegal means. And eventually they were able to get a lot of, like, crowdfunding stuff to eventually buy licensing to these, you know, anime properties and bringing anime to the West. And then Crunchyroll becoming a big thing where, you know... To the point, like Funimation, you know, Funimation at that time they didn't have streaming. They were only their content was only you know they just did DVDs, and you know, you were know, the only thing Funimation did was you know they did dubbing and you know home video releases. Then all of a sudden you know they decided, oh what? We saw how cultural is doing. They're getting licenses of getting you know anime from Japan and having it on the same day as it has it air in Japan, having a simul simulcast. It was the whole thing of simulcasting. So that came about was well, because of anime because now. You can get it the same day here in Japan, like hours later. Then Funimation decided, you know what? We can do that too. We got a good market share in the U.S. because, you know, we're one of very few, you know, means of getting anime here in the West. And, you know, because I mean, I know Funimation for years because I mean, they did a Dragon Ball franchise. Of course, you know, getting, they did like a lot of home videos, merchandising and stuff. And then all of a sudden, they started streaming as well. Now they started getting licensed start started going after the market. To the point where, you know, it, it expanded with, of course, having a lot of investors. As case in point, you know, at t before they were going to self Road, they invested heavily in Crunchyroll to the point where they ended up taking it over And they became part of the Wonder Media conglomerate as well. And then, of course, you know, Sony Pictures Japan saw how much big of a market share, a lot of big, you know, attention the anime has gotten in the West. And Sony Pictures Japan... They own a bunch of anime studios. They own A1 Pictures. They own Endiplex. They own a lot of like anime, anime studios. And, of course, they wanted to get a full hold in the West. What they looked to? Funimation, with whom they had a great partnership in the past. And, of course, they decided to invest in a 95% share, controlling share, of Funimation. So now with Funimation having, you know, access in Japan, and now, when, you know, when at t decided, you know, now they, shed, they wanted to liquidate all these assets they purchased from Time Warner, because they accrued a lot of depth. That's what we talked about in previous. How they had with the whole Discovery Media merger was, they couldn't control it. That's what it is. So far, it has no talks of what's going on with DC. We don't know what's going to go on with DC Comics because there's no mention of it. So now they decide, oh, we're gonna now we're gonna merge with Discovery Networks, and now we're gonna merge our Warner Media assets. But first, let's give her the ones that you know we want to get. It. Case in point, Crunchyroll. They decided to give her of that. And they know that Crunchyroll had a good working relationship with Funimation in the past before these both companies got, you know, purchased by different companies and they had to end their partnership because they were... Because I remember when Funimation and Crunchyroll were working together where, you know, Crunchyroll was able to give some of their content over to Funimation so they could dub it, and Funimation was giving content sharing to Crunchyroll to show it, you know, subtitled. But now, with with these other companies investing in both of these companies, they had to end their working relationship. Now... Fun Crunch Like was Like like, AT&T's like We gotta sell Crunchyroll We gotta sell it And they then the first person They kept in mind Was Funimation At first they asked The price too high And Funimation said No we're gonna wait And Funimation played smart Because they waited to see How they were gonna See what happens Because they were Like Watermia was asking For a big price for Crunchyroll They were almost like A billion or something Dollars or something For the purchase And they they, And Sony's like No we're gonna hold off Right now We're gonna wait and, of course, no, no, there was no takers and all of a sudden, you know, control had a, you know, ATT had to cave in. Because, like I said, they had a lot of this debt and stuff, and, of course, you know, they caved in. Now they made this, you know, agreement saying, hey, we're going to push Control, But right now, it's still being investigated because it still has to go through federal regulations. Make sure it's not monopoly on on yeah. anime. So right now, both companies are just, you know, work, still working independently but now I've been seeing the trend while, they're allowing licenses they had like Crunchyroll's allowing licenses they had expired because none of that content can be found upon automation I mean yeah I'm seeing now with Crunchyroll now they're adding like dubbing work for their works now so it's kind of cool but going back like I said I was seeing see Netflix because now with Netflix now because with Crunchyroll they see Netflix now as an anime competitor now because Netflix decided to make a stand and start investing in more anime and now if you've seen like now, like I just watched over the weekend I saw Yasuke. I I, I watched Yasuke, which is really good. It's done by um Lashawn Thomas, who worked on Cannon Busters It's part of his studio. Um Lashawn Thomas directed it. Um, it's based on, you know it's based on the legend of Yasuke who was the only Afro samurai. Which is true. It was a legend. If you go to Japan, his statues in a museum. He was the first Afro Samurai. And that's I think where Afro Samurai got this root was from Yasuke. They talk about how Yasuke was, you know, he was a slave that brought was brought into Japan. Of course, Daimyo time took him in, and at first they thought he was dirty because they never seen a person of a different color in Japan, and they thought he was dirty. So he had his retainers clean him up and everything. They saw so, no, it wasn't coming off, and they were fascinated by him. And eventually, he ended up serving. Under Nobunaga. And that's why if you go... If you look up Reddit and stuff... Or you look up Yasuke... Yeah, yeah, his name comes up in the Japanese uh, history. He was the first, you know... African samurai. And what I like about this one. This is more like a supernatural version of his story. Because with Japanese legends... It gets passed down from generation to generation. So but this one was really cool. Was six episodes long. I wish they could have gotten longer. But the story was really good. Never I recommend yeah, so it's like it's like I say, Netflix is not gonna go like it's not dying. I don't see it going anywhere, going away anytime soon because it's it's still investing in a lot of its original content and of course you know new con- like new content coming up. I was now seeing how because at first Netflix didn't care about animated like that's why you couldn't find anything. All of a sudden now we go on I'm going to Netflix. That's the only time I watch Netflix. Is either the original programming or the anime they have on Netflix. The anime's not gonna be available on other services. Because they saw how much you know, the anime market is here in the West, so that's why they jump they, they took the hurdle and said, Hey, we're gonna invest in it. Like it's all about playing smart investing, but at the same time it's like trying to come up with something new. I think like with companies like Paramount and stuff, they 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 try to like do reboots. I just saw um, stills from the Rugrats reboot. You know how they're rebooting Rug, Rugrats That's like a CGI cartoon And Now Apparently iCarly Got a reboot now I just saw really? the, Like an article about it as well They got like I think three of the original actors On that show With uh Miranda Crosgrove The guy who plays her brother And then The other guy Played his friend Her friend But then you get the other actress Who played like Sam I guess she decided not to do it Or they didn't contact her or anything I like see I guess she's like t- She has issues with Dan
0: Yeah with Dan Schneider Apparently
1: Yeah
0: So Who does the Actress who played the Sam own... on ah. On Nye Carly. Well yeah I can't blame her He's kind of creepy Jeanette Very creepy Yeah Janet Jeanette McCready. Yeah. yeah Yeah you see that Some people just uh He fucked her up Yeah Honestly I'm sure Like some people just Maybe like Yeah
1: But Yeah that's what I'm saying Then of course Um I mean, there's some reboots that work, like Disney has been like now with Disney Plus, they got all these new shows and their original program in there. But having like like I said, having buying Fox Studios was like the best investment because now you get more access to IPs, able to expand Pioneer comp- Library. And I mean i finished watching My Ducks Game Changers, they had the season finale. I enjoyed it. It was a good, you know thing even the the showrunners like Steven Brill, who's the who rate who wrote the Mighty Ducks and stuff the films. Like he has so many plans for season 2. Once they get the green light. For it. That they couldn't do much. Because of you know. They did it During a time of COVID. That's why if you ever watch. If you ever decide to watch the show. They had the episode. of some of the original Ducks came. Made appearance. They couldn't get everybody. Because of COVID. So they couldn't get. A lot of the actors. Because either they had commitments. Or because of COVID. They would have to quarantine. In Vancouver. Where they were filming the show. While they were acting the show. But they'd like to the show Runner Stephen Real said That yeah, they have plans To expand on the characters And possibly bring more Original ducks I think they were talking That Keenan Thompson Might be on board Joshua Jackson as well Coming back for like A few episodes You know, Keenan Thompson He's got the show Like Keenan That's on um, NBC And Peacock So they even got Peacock As well How all of a sudden You know As soon as they got The Office They started releasing A lot of Office Such of content now <laughs> Even going back to, like, adding extended episodes of the first season of The Office. It was, like, really interesting. Adding all the extra stuff. But, like you said, because, like, I don't see, like, Netflix going away anytime soon. But, it's, like, honestly, they they got to start coming up with original ideas. Like, what's saving Netflix right now is also documentaries as well. It's kind of saving them as well. When you do those, like, true crime documentaries.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, at this point, that's, like. There's, every time they add new stuff every month, there's always a new murder documentary or some sort of show that, like, a, a mystery or a disappearance. So, like, you get, you get a rollout of, of that type of content. But it's good. I mean,
1: like, Castlevania, I mean, like, I had to go back and watch Castlevania because they released the final season of Castlevania, so I need
0: to go back. I'm not saying it's a bad thing that they do that. It's just... It's it's like it's more or less how long can they really hold that up that cuz they can keep continuing to throw different titles but I want to say, like they can't be I want to say the more they produce they can't be getting a return on investment on everything mm-hmm. on all half of those shows that they do get or make. Like how do they get that? Yeah. If like like how many Stranger Things seasons can they possibly do? Because that's what it seems that they do focus on is that uh, true crime documentaries, uh, reality shows. Now that they can develop, which is fine. Um, and then you have anime. then you have anime, which uh, one or two things that they do put out. It's very limited, but when they do, it seems to be hitting. And then you have these drama shows that do make that every so often are they do capture a, a trend like with well, for example, Strange Things Ozark um like bird cage being one of a couple years ago and then of course they they revile shows to get canceled like lucifer yeah like they give it a chance and then they get passed and then they get that's what i mean like they contribute to the cycle of shows that get a a pop enough popular, enough popularity that they're able to find success in other platforms which that's pretty much the name of the game when we saw when it comes to like tv networks that's that's the name of the game. And, and we see that doing... It looks like we see the streaming platforms doing the same thing with TV shows that didn't have a good run on the networks because, frankly, nobody's really watching it and because everyone's getting their content online. Um, and so they come here and they get success. So it's just... That ping-pong back and forth, Like we'll, we'll probably see that for the next couple of years. But um, I think even with the likes of Twitch and YouTube being a big strong proponent for getting that attention as far as providing another avenue for not only people creators but another avenue for people to to consume content to where I mean I find myself using YouTube a lot more and, and even the other ones. Yeah and, and it kinda the more more like they too add yeah. stuff. The more and more it just gives you incentive to where it's like, well if I'm already using this I've been, like, I've been like in that same way. It's like
1: if I'm not watching anime and stuff, I'm on YouTube because honestly, it's like a lot of stuff I follow on YouTube, like the Funkland, the gaming historian, as well. and I follow like people that are YouTubers that are in Japan as well, and then also I start I start getting into VTubers as well. If you guys are not familiar with VTubers, they're like I'll say the virtual YouTubers are basically like I follow especially the whole like English YouTubers, which are all like, you know, these different personalities. And what's cool about it is. Either do collabs with their fellow members or they do like video game streams, or one of them does like music. So it's like it's funny seeing like VTubers playing like I think one of them was playing like Dead by Daylight <laughs> and their reactions to it as well. It's kind of cute. Uh, her name's Gura, she's like a shark person. Um, and there's one called Kai Pimori, which she's like she's like um like a deaf site, so she does music and stuff. She does like, like hip hop and stuff and music, and then you have different like I think that's a big trend as well. But it's like, yeah, like, if I'm not watching sports or, like, watching anime, I'm, like, watching YouTube because, I don't know, I get more fascinated with YouTube because there's some good content out there. Or if I'm not Twitching and stuff as well, like I'm not on Twitch doing video games, like, I'm on YouTube. Because you see that much, I think it kind of grew up more with the pandemic with people being locked down and stuff. You saw that big rise in, like, you know, social media and also, like, con- online content creation got up to an all-time high because people were at home. What else are you going to do? Create content at home, it's like go on Twitch you know, or like use stuff for YouTube. That was like a big thing. Or if people that were like sucking those countries or lockdown, hey, they get their experience, you get the views and stuff. It's all about that too. But that's why you see that trend like more and more people going away from TV and more like into YouTube or or Twitch. But now with Twitch, you know, coming down on certain like copywriting and DMC, DMCA strikes and all that stuff too. That's why it's like, you know, with me, it's like. So far, I haven't got hit with anything from Twitch or anything. So, so far, I've been good. Um, But there's been other Twitch streamers. Either they get banned from Twitch for certain things. Or I think there was this one Twitch streamer. They started doing this thing called Hot Tub Streaming or something. And to the point where Twitch pretty much took away all ad revenue from their stream. Mm. And they had to find out right away. I forgot who the username was. But, um, yeah, that's what happened. I'm like... That's why they're trying to, you know, put the hammer down and stuff. And then you had streamers like Ninja and stuff who were on Mixer. And, of course, they're having the Mixer. They ended up getting shut down by Microsoft. And all of a sudden, you know, they pretty much went back to YouTube, stream on YouTube. And then, of course, Discord becoming a big thing now. Because they're doing games. Like, Discord's become like a big thing now. That's been getting attention. And, of course, you know, they may agree with PlayStation to integrate Discord into PlayStation soon a partnership, but like I said, when Coach to the it's like, I don't know. Like I said, Hollywood has to catch up. That's all I got to say. Like I said, Hollywood has to like pretty much, you know, either let franchises that get stretched so much either go down and come up with something new. There's like so many ideas, books out there you could obviously make an IP out of. And just going out there and look, think outside the box basically. So they only do like another Jigsaw film or something based on Saw with Chris Rock. Like how much of yeah, that it's series is
0: coming out soon? Yeah, how much can you stretch from that series, man? That's the thing. It's just they, they don't have to, but they don't want to they they control something and they don't want their money at when they have all the money and they don't want to throw it into actual creative stuff they rather do it to where they think they know that they're going to reach the bottom rung of people who are going to watch it because it seems to be entertaining. To some people, and that's fine. Like I can't I can't be mad at that, but it's just kind of like it makes it worse for everyone else who want to see new stuff or want to see Hollywood move into a or at least move, films being created with actual purpose as opposed to just like because it's gonna only because they know they're gonna get be a cash cows, blockbusters per se. Because that's what blockbuster films are, are just cash cows. So, in in Marvel being one of them to where they can basically do what they want and then they end up they'll make a lot of money but then they what sacrifices is creative just just the product. The product it's it's sacrificed. not well,
1: so like I said, I'm like well at least what I like about Marvel now they're doing T V shows now.
0: Right, but that's because I have to because we don't know we don't know even with COVID going on and the world somewhat becoming normal with vaccinations, like Hollywood Gonna probably be a little more tight on the pocket when it comes to wanting to do that, and I think that's that's where, as many people want to be hopeful for the Marvel franchise and all that stuff. Who's to say Disney's not gonna do the same shit? You don't think they're gonna penny pinch? They don't care. Like they'll do it, and that's they did with Star Wars. Like they throw money into it, but it doesn't mean it wasn't good. Like they obviously didn't want to throw enough to where they were able to have one director for three films. The whole, like, let's have two different directors, I don't buy that. I don't buy that for a fucking second. Like, they did that because they knew, like, I'm going to throw. What's right? $10 million at Clint Eastwood to direct the next Star Wars film. Clint Eastwood is how old? He just turned. He had his birthday yesterday. I think he's like 90 something. Exactly. 91? Like you think, think Clint Eastwood's Eastwood going to turn that down? Of course not. <laughs> because Casey's about to have the. Like, he's going to love his life... Because his dad just made... Ten million dollars on a Star Wars film... That he's going to just phone it in... And he's going to die by next year... And his family and generations... Are going to take that money... Same with JJ... I'm sure, like, he knew... Going into it... The fact that, like... Hey, we want you to direct... A Star Wars film... And by a means... We haven't had a big Star Wars film... For the past almost a decade now... But... Basically a decade... But we want you to not not really create a new thing. We want you to, like, stay within the lines of what we knew is going to be acceptable because it was acceptable three, 30 to 40 years ago in the 70s. And we know that those same people exist, and those people had kids, and they're probably raising the same way they were raised. So let's let's – they're going to reach it. And JJ was probably like, well, you know, no, I, I was kind of thinking of maybe bringing in a female lead who could really ch- tell a different story, who could bring – a different direction just everything different and we want to kill these old people that's cute dog but we also have Ryan Johnson that we're thinking of maybe bringing another spiel so that we don't do the same thing because we know that we don't want you to do anything too crazy and then they did that and they brought in this guy he did all that and they're like oh shit what do you piss people off he, made a, he well, I, I understand why The Last Jedi got so much flack was he... but it's not the movie's fault it's not his fault no Ryan Johnson tried it's to make not. people think
1: that's why I like it's... Ryan Johnson he likes to make the audience think but I think he came out with Knives Out because he wanted to give people a chance to and think and look
0: it it was a good movie and I that's... haven't
1: seen Knives Out I know it's on Amazon but I haven't seen it yet but
0: but that's what I mean. there, there's going to be a part 2 oh that's going to be cool yeah and but that's what I mean like it's all about getting you the thing. He tried and and it, no, it and He pissed tried off, to, go to a separate direction. It pissed off the lower rung of people who only want to say the same thing over and over again. But he tried to take it to like a different direction. It's
1: just so damn comfortable. Which I kinda hate because then we had like the Red Scark where all those characters he introduced in that and Ryan Johnson introduced pretty much got shafted basically.
0: They don't exist anymore.
1: Or they got limited screen time.
0: They just don't exist anymore. But like that's what I mean. It's just
1: like these characters he brought in in the second film. All of a sudden, either they get short screen time, get killed off.
0: It was like that's why you just that's why just like you can't make movies more than like sometimes I don't know. As much as I like sequels and I appreciate them for some properties, there's just that's what the problem is though too is that you can't catch. It's hard to capture to capture lightning in a bottle twice. And that's what Disney wants, is that they expect you to capture that lightning and then make your own thunderstorm at the same time. But, but like, now we see them
1: now with... I've seen the trailers for Cruella. It looks interesting.
0: Sure. Because now
1: it's, like... Now it's giving, like, these Disney villains, like, a little more backstory. Because, like you said, these characters, like, these Disney villains didn't get much of an origin. Like, you don't see why... You
0: automatically have to hate them because they they're all like... Different- but you
1: never see the struggles. Why... They became who they are.
0: Well they just show different behavior that may not go excited with their morals and so they, they, they throw that at you and you decide who is But that's that why I like the creative.
1: now with Disney doing that, like now they like that's why the Melissa films got so much like a praise because now we
0: saw it's a different side of her. Because what? You let the you let the audience decide for yourself, which is challenging the viewer, which is creative, which is new and exciting and fresh. I mean even for what it's worth We get the Corella movie and, and it's already getting mediocre reviews But nonetheless it's like But that's my problem is that I don't mind that they're doing that I hate that like the fact that At the all grand scheme of things yeah, It's just like It's very It's just Too little too late you're reaching to like you're you're competing with TikTok people. You're competing with people the younger who are that's the problem. It's like you know it's funny not that <laughs> like having Emma Stone play a character that's like 30 to 40 years old and and she's already about to be in her almost going to be 40. Like that's nothing against her cuz she's great. I, I love her as an actor, but it's just kind of like you're I can imagine being the actor. Hey, we want you to be GI Jane, or we want you, to, which is stupid. But like, <laughs> we want you to be uh, like the Powerpuff Girls thing. That's cool. That they're doing it. I don't care. Like, I heard now it. they had to go back and reshoot the pilot but again. Why?
1: But I love the like, concept
0: they had. That was a good concept. Why are they doing it though? Like, on the CW, right? That's gonna be CW. Yes, yeah, CW. Who show. has CW? <laughs> I do think we have it <laughs> But we're two older adults I'm talking like We're talking about The demographic They're trying to reach Who has CW Their parents And then like And, and, their and parents the same their
1: too. TV, right It's like I understand the pop-up girls like But was like People
0: don't understand like, what like casual I understand the pop-up
1: is. girls But it's like Who they're targeting With the pop-up girls Like I've never seen Pop-up girls When I was younger But what I mean is like, like It's gonna to hit more With them It's right. gonna hit more With the adult Who grew up on it like I understand that They want to take this Take on them Like this adult take on them But it's like
0: But put yourself In the executive shoe. I'm not talking about Your own personal Lifestyle of experience But just understand The human the human experience For the casual Average person Who lives in this country mm-hmm. Let alone The person who Consumes media If you own a one you, Say your child Has a TV in the room mm-hmm. Right And you said You remember Pop- Oh I remember That cartoon It was around When I was growing up And stuff That's interesting all right. Cool. And then not. You won't pay attention that she's just like, oh, that's nifty. That's nifty, right? That's <laughs> that's, that's that's cool. Like that's <laughs> like, oh, that's interesting. They're making it, right? Cool. You ask your child, that, what, what? Hey, so we watch, and they're too busy watching a TikTok video and said, hey, so um, you know, pop pop off girls because I'm sure you had your kid. You probably didn't have your kid in 2004 because you didn't, because you were in high school and that happened. Whatever the case may be, because mind you, the people that they're appealing to are people who are my age your age too millennials who so are that's gay okay, in that demographic yeah that, that where like this show was
1: on that
0: the show was on in 2000 like 21 years exactly ago. do you understand what i'm saying now yeah. to where to put yourself in that room me understanding where your kid probably gets home and this is old school thinking but now i'm going to compare it to the lens of zoom classes they probably finish class at three or four they have homework they don't give a fuck. They want to just eat something because they just were on that screen for a couple hours. They get off. Hopefully, if they finish their homework they don't want to do it, they want to go outside or they'll probably be on there looking at videos or whatever. The last thing they're probably going to pop in their head is like, oh, there's a new Powerpuff Girls show coming out. I better ask my mom or dad if they're watching anything on the CW at 7 o'clock because they have the one TV with the one dish subscription because, God forbid, your kid even has... A fucking diss subscription. No, they have a Roku on their TV that you got for them for their graduation gift when they graduated fifth grade. Because that's how old they are to even want to see this damn show. But they don't even know what the Powerpuff Girls are because you tell them they're a cartoon, you show them, and then you show them the real life shit and they're like, What the fuck is this? Why is Blossom or why is Bubbles dealing with boy or trouble or the fact that she's addicted to fucking Adderall because she has an ADD problem? What is that going to have to do with an 11 year old or a 10 year old? Or the fact that we'll go. We don't have to go that far. Lizzie McGuire. Like, she wasn't stupid. They all fed them, like, we want to make it real or actually. No, complete. she had a really good vision for and it. What like didn't Disney do? didn't see it that way. It's, it's a very great vision. It's just she's pitching it to the wrong people. That's something that should have been on Hulu, which is more. But it doesn't like we'll watch it. I'll probably watch it. But at the same like like I said, if it gets shot to who, that'd be that'd be great, right? But I didn't care for the show when it was around, so it's just kind of like, yeah, they're they're so desperate that they're they're hitting, they're at a batting. I mean, cage.
1: that's what I said. This is why it's, it's crazy. When like the they do reboots bibles. Some hit, some don't. But it's the the fact that the like for example Roseanne, yeah. and then of course when Bo makes roll they try to. Bring it back With yeah. you know Girl Meets World Which to me I enjoyed it Cause yeah You had the nostalgia of it But I think that's what happened was With Girl Meets World was It was more like Yeah it's Cory and Japan With their kids But it's like It was supposed to be The folks on the kids But all of a sudden What hit more was The characters of Japan And Cory Because the people that grew up On Boy Meets World Which
0: I love that show Cause it's it the show That's what made the show But do you, that's what You see now. We've, the same circle As I'm, I'm proving my point yeah. Is that it's only reason the people that were going through a specific time in their life that it made it nostalgic. But when you look back, I, I for one, can look back and nostalgic things and then I'll be like, I don't understand why I liked it in the first place, but it gave me that little endorphin high for a little bit and then I'm good. But there, I understand there's people who like to see the newer stuff, but it's just like, I don't know what it does for them and all power to them. I just feel like in the all grand scheme of things, I think it's bad. I think it's a bad thing for as far as creativity and, and the future to where like we want stories that are actually realistic for a good majority of what the population is going on and we're going to see that ever so increase I think uh, even for example i never seen a show about Euphoria it's helping a lot of um, people I want to say who have HBO whatever but like in the sense that it tells us real stories that we've gotten in our past generation for shows that were presented to us um, skins uh, We'll say Degrassi, uh, things, things like that that tackled real shit that adolescents were going through. And that's what made them so popular is because they were covering real shit that yeah. were actually happening. And then we're getting shows like *Euphoria*, and I think it's because it's popular, one, because it's actual real shit that adolescents are dealing with. Um, drug abuse, curiosity, not even curiosity, just coming to terms of who they really are or who they, who, how they feel they are or how they want to identify Real experience, experience is just, like, a domestic abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse in the home. Like, different things that are real. And that's why people... I think it impacts people the most because it's real shit. Not like we're getting... Uh, not too long ago, I saw on Netflix, like, Kevin James, All Power to him, hilarious comic. He has a new show when he's just, like, leading this car race team for NASCAR. And they can't... And each one of these... Each one of the episodes, like, eight episodes of sitcom, but it deals with, like, your cheesy shit. Um viral sensations veganism like they're they want to there's one of their sponsors is pushing up like a meat alternative and kevin james can't bear eating a fucking burger that isn't meat, and it really just like low-hanging jokes that you know it's gonna hit for your tech because like oh yeah it's making fun of the people who don't eat meat ah it makes fun of the people who aren't gay ah makes fun of the people who aren't this and that yeah it's like oh shit it's on netflix now and they had, and like, I'll part to Kevin James collect that check, sir. But I'm just like, Doc, really you want your career to be this? Like, King of Queens, excellent. Your movies for Paul Bart, they, they, they do what you and want. Then he was on Kevin Can Wait. Like, so. you know, Kevin James does not need that check. But it's like, even then. There's got to be. I would hope there's like a point in your life where you at least like want to do stuff with integrity. It's like with Tim Allen with that show Last Man Standing. Yeah, and at least it like it's gone for many seasons, but then it's like it actually pertains to how he actually feels. A conservative man living. I don't hate on that because at least Tim Allen, it's showing authenticity with that. But it's like Tim Allen has also never stepped out of the lane he has been in. We haven't seen him in a movie that outside of Toy Story, and it's a voice thing. Everything else has been sitcom or his little stand-up shit. And even then, it's like he, you know what I mean? We're talking about like, it's just, I, we're going to see this interchange. I just, I like to see, I feel like the thing, the properties that have more impact are the ones that show authenticity in their craft Uh. because it does have a long lasting fruit and the ones that are going to pertain to what works best, formulaic stuff. It has its place. It's gonna make its money, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like, like we'll go even to you. You you've been watching George Lopez. You've been revisiting it. It still hits the same. I'm not gonna lie. It still does. But it pertains to our basic experience because we lived in a Mexican household, and that's what makes us laugh more. Not only the nostalgia factor, but the relatability. We don't have that in sitcoms. We don't. No. It's like we just don't. That one does because it was a, the it was a pinnacle. breakout at
1: that time when he, it was out. It was we'll like, never
0: have a Mexican family given to it, let alone one that grew up with that. George Lopez being a pretty notice notable comic coming up gets a show. It's fucking funny. It has different people living in the home. You have a grandma living in the household, which is pretty typical to Mexican lifestyle. You have a a uh, husband and wife duo, well, Angie working, but like she pursued, you have two kids growing up in a, in a good area, but taking advantage, but they're still like recognized, you know, they're still Latinos living, like you had a very much a diverse group of people, they're all blue collar, his friends are all blue collar, like he, he was wasn't hanging team. out with rich ass people, yeah, he was blue collar, just the same, he dropped out of high, all that, like, it showed a pretty relatable story, and then George Lopez doing his comic shtick that got him to his to it got him into his success in the first place, and now so it's just, like
1: with him now. And then uh, he had that yeah. show wasn't on AMC, where it was called Lopez. His, he had
0: his talk show. Remember, he and had then, his talk show. On he TV had his US? talk show. What? He was doing
1: an Expanse or other, other works, and now yeah. he's got a podcast now. So he's in the magazine. No, no, no. Like his Netflix special was really great because I enjoyed his Netflix special. Yeah, and then like I said. Like you said, it's like it takes, you know, like I said, Hollywood needs to, like, invest more into other ideas and get more people out there, like, you know. It's not like they can't be successful. It's just that we have people who don't want it to be successful. They don't want it to be successful. But like I, said, just like I said, they have to look and see. They have to go on YouTube. They have to go on Twitch and see what is getting people's attention. Yeah, I have to say TikTok, even though I don't have a TikTok. But, yeah, they have to look and see what the big... They, gotta, they have to, like, look... Like I said, look outside the box. Do your research. Try to cater to a more, like, if you want to get a younger generation, target that market. You know, us millennials, we, honestly, there's so much we can take, but it's like, if you want to get a bigger market share, get the next generation on board. Get them involved, you know? Get them in focus groups and see what is like, you know, what they're into. And, like, honestly, to me, I'm getting tired, like, of the pandering to the nostalgia. So I'm getting tired of that's it. That's all it is. Because that's all it is when I'm just seeing it in Hollywood. It's just, like, that's all it is. It's pandering to nostalgia. I wanted something fresh, something new. You know, something, you know, different. You know, something that, you know, I ne- I'd never seen. I think that's what kind of helps me with anime. It's like, I'm watching anime I have not seen or anime I did see a long time ago. Do you rewatch? rewatch I'm like, oh, I did not catch that the first time around. Sometimes there's happens, I do a rewatch thing. Oh, maybe I didn't catch it when I was younger. But going back and I'm watching it now. Oh, that's what happens. I, I was like, what, last year I watched this one anime, which I'd never heard of before. But it was following like, these two kids in high school. One kid's short. the other girl's like tall. And they have like inferiority complex. This is where they feel that she has an inferiority complex, where she feels taller than she's not going to get with a regular guy. And this guy, you know, is intimidated by his height as well. So it's like... It was like it was called I think it was called Lovely Complex or something, and it was like an old anime from like early two thousands, and it like it was funny, it was it was actually interesting, and but like I said, like you said because it just you know they just need to like like I said they got to do research and you know come up with something that looks good, but yeah, it was thanks to yeah thanks to like like stuff on Peacock like you can watch like all stuff like that, yeah, and like I said with the Office. I mean. The Office has been off the air for how many years and it's got so much of a big fan base now. And you got people who have never seen The Office now getting into it. And Peacock taking advantage of that. And it's funny, right?
0: Yeah. Like
1: people funny. that have never seen the show when it was airing, and all of a sudden now they're catering to it when they left Netflix because it was gone on Netflix. Now it's on Peacock. But it was funny, like seeing those fans now. i like, the people watch Friends got all pissed off that Friends was leaving Netflix. I always saw Friends. I didn't see Friends when they aired. I always seen it once on Netflix. And I understand why there's so much of a fan base on Friends. And of course they decided that reunion episode. And of course it didn't rub everyone the right way because they were missing Paul Rudd. Because he was a good part of that show. Of um, Friends. Friends? But they, they yeah. even said. They tried to get him. But of course. COVID. You gotta think COVID. And it was more about the principal cast getting together. Yeah, they brought Tom Selleck in and all that stuff and some noble guest stars. But it was kind of hard because you had so many people, so many guest stars. You keep forgetting who appeared on Friends. <laughs> like, I remember this one episode of Friends where apparently um, Rob Williams and Billy Crystal were there. And they were, I guess they were filming a movie, not that, like, by the set. And the director said, hey, just come in and do your shtick in the cafe. And it was all improvised by both of them. And they were just bouncing off each other. It was like two random guys. Good customer. It is coming in. They're just doing this little shtick. Yeah. And that was funny. And all the cast members were like looking at them like, what? And it made the directors laugh and everything. It was like... And then you see people that appear in that show. It was like, wow. And then surprised how many actors guest starred on that show. Like Tom Selleck? I mean, come on. Oh, <laughs> well, he was actually there for
0: a couple, like, couple scenes.
1: Yeah. And he said, well... I know we got we got guys got into like a Hollywood rant, so I don't know, Bigo, you have anything you want to share from like social media or anything from Reddit or anything that kind of caught your attention? So yeah. now we got on a tangent with Hollywood.
0: No, no, that's fine. I, nothing really too crazy. It was just more or less um, all I saw was just like a lot of crazy incidents happening in the NBA, as far as fans kind of interrupting the game or, I guess you could say, fucking with players. Um that's the only thing I saw the other over the Oh game, yeah, I know the, of the, the that playoffs. one tennis
1: player she dropped out of the French it. Open too as well. Um what's her name? She dropped out of the French Open because Um I forget her name. I think it's on the She may headlines as well. I'm trying to remember her name. She was a tennis player. Um No oh, was it Naomi? Oh uh Naomi Osaka. Naomi Osaka, I guess she dropped out she dropped out of the French Open because I guess um she didn't want to do this interview and they ended up finding her. But she did she had a great first round and then um she didn't want to do the press conference and then um the French Open decided to find her for not doing the not um, doing the, the press, press conference. conference, I guess they're requiring it got to oh, like world. she and she made a good point. I found, I saw the tweet that was shared that I understand what she was going through. And I understand it's like I understand you want to have these athletes talk about their performance, like, and all it is, like, I kind of agree with the word, like, the viewers the are going to try to get at them and stuff for their performance and stuff. And she's like, yeah, I already talked to you guys about so you want to hear it again and again and again? It's like you want to prod and stuff. To a point, like, these people forget these athletes can go through mental issues as well. They get pressured. You know, it's like you're going to ask the same questions over and over again after you just saw the performance that you just did. But at the same time, you want to prod into their personal lives and stuff. And I thought, you know, shift away the attention from, like, what was going on in the tournament and stuff. I understand where she's coming from. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're behind you, uh, Naomi. Hopefully, you get better soon. You know, men, like, is not really an easy thing to recover from. It's not. And the fact that the media, like I said, the media has to, like, you know, they got to think themselves. We pushed her away. Like, we pushed her away, so it's like, you know, that's why I said we should just, like, you know, stepped away and just leave her alone, huh? you know? But, yeah, I just, I saw that as well, like, so we'll see what happens with that. But, because like I mean, what's his name, uh, what was that one guy, one football player, too, that, was it Marshall Lynch? He's doing that all the time on Beast Mode, when every time Prescott is... You didn't say much, but we said like a few phrases that was there. I just
0: here so I don't get fined, yeah. Yeah, so you just say, I'm here so I don't get fined. That's true. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. Is that she doesn't, like, they have, when they sign these contracts and do all that stuff, they have media obligations that they, they fucking weasel up in there and their management for each, their eight, let alone their agent for these, these athletes are probably pressing on them like you need to, we, ur- we highly inc- urge you to like Fulfill your media obligations and all that shit. And so like, they they stop respecting the person because that's their check too. And then it's just like, it is sick. Um, and it's unfortunate that's the case. Um, and I think it's it's sad and, and and fucking frustrating that they have to use it as a media article because she's a, a female. That's exactly what it is. They wouldn't. I don't even think they would have done this if like Andre Agassi. Or, or, Roger, or Federer. Uh, Roger Federer, on the Rafael Nadal. Yeah, if cause they because they would have been like, I'm sure they would have used some headline being like Roger Federer didn't want to attend a press conference due to personal reasons, or other stuff. But considering that she's a female, let alone a minority, um, they 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 use that as a sense to kind of. I just I don't feel like it, this would be a media story. I don't think I'm sure if Serena Williams is doing the same thing. Or Venus, it'd be a, a fucking thing. I'm sure. I'm sure Maria Sharapova didn't want to do press conferences and all that stuff too during her days. And I'm I don't know if they ever reported those incis, in, incidents. But I'm sure if she had done the same thing, it would be a, a field day on ESPN too. It'd be the same thing, and that's sad because frankly, like. If they don't want to talk, they don't want to talk. I hate that that's a contract thing for them, and, and it's just... Yeah, because if they're going consistent. through, like, something like a mental illness and stuff, like... They just finished the championship they wanna, thing. Like, they don't like, want to fucking talk to these people. Give them some time. And like you mentioned, they just repeat the same thing. Oh, how do you feel after this? It's like, I won. Like, this is exactly what I work for. Hey, what do you think of your opponent? They played great. I, I a very good like match. But like, like I
1: said, athletes do go to mental, like illnesses as well. It's like, everyone goes through them. It's like, do they want to talk? No, they don't want to talk about it. Let them, like, process. Let them calm down, you know. Let them deal with what they got to deal with. It's just to me, like likes, you
0: know, pick and prod. It's like... It's I'm, just the underlying thing, that notion, to just because they get paid this exorbitant amount of money to play something that they are very much talented in, and skilled in, doesn't mean they don't, they don't feel... The pressures of that, and it doesn't mean that we have, like, they don't have the right to not want to attend these things, and it sucks that, like, the societal pressure and, and let alone these financial pressures propagate them to have to feel like they have to attend these things and all that shit. And, like, yeah, Marshawn Lynch, even even the fact that, like, he had to get an for the fact that, like, he did his, he fulfilled his obligations by taking his own way of stand of by saying like, I'm just here not to get fined, and that's each part of his answer, was I'm just not here to get fined. Yeah. And that's the best way you can do it, is that like, I am fulfilling my obligation, it doesn't mean you have to control what I say on my mouth, if you don't like yeah. it, just sleep it then.
1: I'm not yeah, saying anything bad. I mean,
0: even like, so oh, I'm just I
1: can pull it up here. It's very But even sad. like, even it said here in this article about her, like, it, even she said, she even said, before this tournament was that, due to her signing her mental health, that she was not gonna do any press conferences during this tournament. And, of course, you know, the French Open they didn't like that, and that's what happened. And that's why when she didn't know the mic, they were trying to find her, like, $15,000 just not to speak to me. And then I, I like for the fact that she went out on Twitter and pretty much, you know, opened up a little bit and say what's going on, why she walked away. Like, some had her to take, you know, the time, to, you know, willing to share what she's going through was really, you know, brave of her and everything. That was really great. You know, wanting to share the hate. And she talked about the stuff she went through, you know, in the 2018 when she was in the U.S. Open as well. And, yeah, it's on Twitter. If you want to go, if you follow her on Twitter, you can, she put out, it was like a long tweet she did. I don't know what she did on Instagram. But it was like a long note, but...
0: I don't know, I'll watch things. <laughs> I don't
1: know. It, like, to I me, mean, it's like one of those things where I just saw that... <laughs>
0: As much as I'm bitching about tennis and somebody watch it. <laughs>
1: I don't know how, remember how back in the day we used to be into tennis? I,
0: I don't remember. I think it was right. the I'm video games. A, yeah. I think it was the Mario Tennis. I like playing yeah. them. Yeah. And the yeah, Mario yeah, Tennis yeah, games. ping Pong and stuff but I don't like watching it.
1: No. Alright. I mean that wow we're almost like two hours now. <laughs> so guys that that's pretty much it for this week so like I say follow up on our backlog episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple iPandora iHeartRadio Audible apparently now um uh, you can also check out our merch store at spring.com slash store slash Talk and Pop we got new merch out with the new logo um you can check us out there as well um you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Talk and Pop you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pop Talkin all one word as well if you guys have any suggestions or anything cool. you just want our opinions on make sure to do it as well. Um, we are gonna have a, soon we're gonna have a paid subscription service to our podcast where you have access to like certain content which me and people have to get together and see what kind of content we're gonna provide you guys if you do a, a paid subscription with us so we'll work mm-hmm. on that and let you guys keep you guys posted on socials. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash fachai675. I'm the casual gamer. I do a lot of, like, JRPGs. Um, pretty much, like, story-based driven games. I do theirs as well. Most like JRPGs, light novel games, and uh, all that stuff as well. Um, Biko, where do they can find you on socials?
0: Uh, just Instagram at uh, Wander the Void. Yeah, just Instagram.
1: Alright, alright guys. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay cool because it's fucking hot outside. As always, geek on and take care.